On today's episode of the Minnesota Rundown, we're going to talk about the Minnesota Wild and the Bruce Boudreaux firing. We'll recap the Battlehawks game and the tough loss to the Houston Roughnecks. We're going to talk about things happening on the Twins in the offseason as everyone reports the spring training camp. We're going to talk about the Wolves and how much they suck for a short amount of time. And then we're going to compare some college hockey stats in the state of Minnesota. So with that, let's go. Minnesota Rundown. What is going on, everyone? 10,000 takes. It is Tuesday, February 18th. We are here for another week of the Minnesota Rundown presented by 10,000 Takes. I am Boss Man, and I'm joined by Wags. Wags, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited for uh, for another great episode of the Minnesota Rundown. How have you been doing? I'm great as well, and I'm excited for the Minnesota Rundown, too. The greatest show to ever do mm-hmm. it. Some have said it. I'm not going to name who because I don't want to give up, you know, my source. Yeah, it but has been said. It's on the record. It's been it's been confirmed. Yeah. So just just know that we're not we're not we're not lying here. But the first thing we're going to talk about is probably the biggest thing to happen Minnesota sports the last few weeks was the Minnesota Wild firing Boost Boudreaux, their former head coach. You know, I want to know what you think of this, Jack, because I just want to know if I'm overreacting because. I was actually extremely upset because when we fired Bruce Boudreaux, he was like seven and three. He was seven and three in his last ten games, and we were only three points out of a fucking playoff spot. So, why fi- I don't understand the timing of this firing at all. Like, what what do you think about this? Yeah, for those of you listeners who don't know, I'm not I'm not the biggest hockey fan, so this kind of comes from the common man perspective, but. To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense, especially with all of the different moves that they were making in the offseason, um, you know, with the big Zucker trade, you know, Kaprasov's coming next year. It seems like that they're really shifting the roster around a lot. Mm-hmm. And how can you blame everything happening on the coach when you haven't even seen him with the new lineup yet, right? Like, it seems like exactly. it seems like they're building they're building this new lineup and they didn't even let him try it out to see, you know, because – in a situation like the T-Wolves, they're, they're kind of in the same stage, right? Like, you move the lineup around a lot, and then you see, you know, if it's still a problem but we have better players, okay, maybe we need to look deeper into the coaching. But they moved around the roster, and then they just fired the coach. So they kind of, like, cleaned house without even trying to troubleshoot the problem. You see, I just... That's kind of what didn't make sense to yeah, me. Like, like, you're right. Like, if you're trying a new thing, let's see how Bruce does, like, with the brand-new system, with the brand-new roster or whatever. But... I'm just so so confused because, like 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 Bill Guerin said that this uh, firing was meant to inject the Wild with urgency, but didn't the Jason Zucker trade like a week before that fucking do that to the team? And I'm pretty sure after the trade, Guerin said, "Oh yeah, and if anyone else starts slacking off, there will be more moves." Like that's a threat. 
Like, how does that yeah. not instill a team with urgency? How does firing a coach a week after you said that when the team is three points out of a fucking playoff spot, how does that inject the wild urgency? If anything, it's going to add some disdain to the franchise, I think. My point of view on this is that Garen, he just inherited Boudreaux from the past GMs, right? He didn't get to actually pick his own coach. And he saw that, in my opinion, he saw that, wow, like the time is running out if I want to just choose my own guy. And he's seen that Bruce Boudreaux has been able to pretty much overachieve with a team that was already expected not to make the playoffs. Like, the Wild were not expected yeah. to do shit this year, and he has them three points out of a playoff spot. So, in my opinion, Garen was like, you know what, I'm stuck with Bruce. He's a good guy and everything, but I, I'm going to get rid of him because I want to do things my way with a coach who sees my point of view better and who wants to rebuild the roster like me because I know Bruce was against that. But if that's the case, which I know it to be, why not just be honest with it? Why lie and say, this trade was just to inject the wild with urgency? No, it's because you're selfish and you want your own guy. And if you were honest about your fucking reasoning, then I think a lot more fans would have respected the decision and be like, okay, Garen just wants a brand new guy who's going to go along with what Garen thinks should be happening with the, with the organization, right? Yeah, I mean, and traditionally across sports, you know, teams, GMs, whoever, owners, whoever, whoever makes the move or, you know, make calls upon the GM from the top, usually what happens is they either get rid of players and bring in new players or they clean house with coaching and get a new coaching. But you don't see them do it as closely together as they did here. You know, with the whole, the big Zucker trade was huge. And then, you know, and then they can Boudreaux like a week later. It just seems like, you know, kind of like going back to what I said earlier, they just didn't even really give them a shot to try out the new players. And and it, you know, I'm just kind of having a, a bit of a sentimental sporting moment here because I, I like to think about the team that Bruce Boudreaux rescued back when he came, you know, aboard. However many years ago that was. I mean, remember, remember the team that Mikey O had? Like, mm-hmm. they'd be on a they'd be on a power play and they'd never even shoot the puck. Yeah. And that was like the that was like the first thing I remember about Bruce Boudreaux is he steps in and he goes, "All right, so from now on, we're gonna start shooting the puck on the power play because we have more players out there than them. I know that's a booger analysis, but it was literally what happened. I remember so, like, with the Mike Yo, that's such a good thing to bring up with the Mike Yo situation. We were so far into his last season, like literally right up to the trade deadline, and we were still trying to bring in specialized coaches to work on a power play. That should be sorted out before the season even fucking begins. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just so super simple when you break it down like that. It's like, you know, it's, it's sad to see him go before his work was over. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if they would have fired him at the end of the year, it would have made a little more sense. But firing him midseason when you're already swapping out the roster. I mean, the T-Wolves did the same thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think only two players on the team are that were there like a month ago are still there, but they didn't can Saunders too, because you know, they want to see, okay, let's bring in new players. And if there's still a problem, it might be an administration thing, Mm -hmm. but like the wild just fired everybody (laughs) (laughs) or not everybody, but you get what I'm saying. right? And again, I just think Garen saw that Bruce Boudreaux was actually having a chance to make the playoffs. And I really don't think that Garen wants to make the playoffs. I think that he does not see any future with this roster in terms of a Stanley cup ring. And because yeah, of that, so he's going he, more he, doesn't, for the tank. he doesn't want to make the playoffs. He doesn't. Like, doing a move like this proves that he doesn't want to make the playoffs, no matter what he says. Yeah, I mean, it. it is really just mind-boggling. And I just hope, my final thought on the matter is I hope he knows what the fuck he's doing. 
I mean, I, I because same here because he was uh, this team has been around too long to not have a cup. Exactly, yeah, twenty years now, and uh, you know, like I'm 23 now, and I've gone, you know, pretty much my whole 23 years on this earth, never seen us really make it past like a second round in anything, right? Like I get to see the Vikings. Yeah, not even, not even close. Maybe the Vikings in yeah, the NFC exactly. Championship. That's it. Like, Seeing them lose twice, in the but... NFC Championship is the closest I've ever gotten to see like any Minnesota team have success. So. Like, I, it's just... I mean, St. Louis won a championship last year, and they lost their goddamn football team. Exactly. You know? like, Vegas, Vegas, they were an expansion team. They made it to the Stanley Cup their first year. Like, why can't Minnesota even get past the second round? Minnesota's becoming the new Cleveland. It really is. Just cursed as hell. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe the Wolves go for LeBron. <laughs> maybe the Wolves get LeBron, yeah. Oh... <laughs> I don't know why I just said that, but it'd be kind of funny with the whole Cleveland thing. It would. I mean, obviously LeBron would never come to Minnesota, but like if he did, right? It's like it kind of is like saving face for the organization because the Lakers originated in you know the Minneapolis Lakers, and then they moved to LA, and then we get the biggest LA Laker ever to come to Minnesota. It would com- it w- it would complete the s- the story full uh, full yep, circle. Yin and Yang. Too bad I hate LeBron too much to ever want him to come to Minnesota, even if he gave us a championship. He just, he just absolutely cries his way into getting penalties reversed, and mm-hmm. well, it's always about him. What was so cool though is that you know LeBron was like an Ohio guy, right? He was born and raised in Ohio, so like the hometown kid won, you know, the city a championship. How unreal would it be if we had some yeah. Minnesotan come up and just win our team a championship? That would be amazing to see. He would be a state hero for fucking ever. Well, who's the guy who played at? Uh, was it Holy Angels? Are you talking about... Is he on the wizard? Wizards now? Oh, the XFL? No, um, oh, I'm talking NBA. about a uh, basketball oh, okay, player, okay. Duke guy. Oh, God, what, no, are you uh, talking about Apple oh, Valley, Tyus, Tyus Jones? Tyus Jones? Apple Valley, Tyus Apple Jones. Apple Valley, yeah. that's it. When you said uh, Holy Angels, I thought you were talking about like Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, him too, if he came back to the Vikings at 50 years yeah. old and you know maybe could... Or if he... Maybe if he wants to play less intense he could play in the xfl but we had adam Thielen. the xfl the x that's true the xfl is actually turning out to be pretty awesome i'm i'm a big fan of it um i did watch our favorite team here at the take the st louis battle hawks last night who unfortunately lost to the houston roughnecks 28 to 24 but i would like to point out that they covered the spread and you know what they say wags what is that? Good teams win and great teams cover. So, <laughs> by definition, the Battlehawks are a great team. Exactly. I mean, uh, they are. What are you two and zero when voting for the Battlehawks this year? Or betting on the Battle Battlehawks this year? Sorry? Um, yeah. The uh, I I did bet the under for yesterday's game, so I'm two and one. Okay. But uh, I also put a drunken bet on the Seattle Dragons to beat the Tampa Bay Vipers, and they did cover by quite a bit. So credit to my drunken self for being a good better on saturday you know um you know a friend of Ten Thousand takes nick fitzgerald he got his first pass in and he completed a seven yard pass so shout out to him 100 percent. i mean i i think i think you pronounced tamo the starter he he only had 81 percent completion now i'm not going to say the amount of passes he attempted or completed because that would throw off the argument but our boy Nikki technically is 19% better. So mm-hmm. 
Maybe do we throw him in the mix? I mean, I think there is a quarterback controversy in St. Louis. I mean, 100% completion Big percentage, time. over 81%. You got to choose him all day. And Tamo threw, yeah, he did throw three TDs, but he threw two interceptions, one of those being a crucial, basically, pick six late in the game. So, I don't know, man. I don't know either. The stat... The stats speak for themselves. I'd give Nick a shot. Maybe at least let him play for like one quarter and just see. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know? in the storied history of the Battlehawks organization, there has never been a player like Nick Fitzgerald. You see him after games, you know, pumping up his team, drinking all the alcohol. I mean, that that someone's got to exactly, do it. So that's a that's not a job that everyone can do, but he does it for his boys in that locker room, and we respect him because of that. Nick has Nick has overcome as Bubba would say a lot of diversity <laughs> that's one of our favorite Bubba isms here <laughs> yeah so Bubba Bubba didn't go to college no. he didn't go to traditional school so he went to the school I don't of know hard if it's a bit I don't know if it's a bit that he just purposely butchers words in the English language or if it's like an actual thing but it's pretty hilarious every time he does no, it. It, it definitely is just an actual thing where he just like he gets going and his his mouth is a little quicker than his brain, and he speaks. I, we were doing an episode of the Bubba Breakdown last week, and he was we were talking about a football player. And uh, Bubba said, quote for quote, you know, he's dealt with a lot of diversity in his life, clearly meaning adversity, but that's why we love Bubba. He, You know, it's nonstop with him. You don't know what's going to come next. And I think he was talking about a white football player, so just yeah, the no, exact he, he opposite was. of diversity. <laughs> yes, he meant at adversity 110%, and he went with the wrong word for sure there. Yeah, you know, it happens, but I would also say that it looks like we have an emerging star on the Battle Hawks. Damian Washington had six receptions for 77 yards. For sure. I mean, I love watching, like, like, when you watch the XFL, yeah, you can tell us not the NFL, but there's still some legitimate talent on that field, and he definitely is looking like he's going to have a shot for at least like a you know tryout position, a practice squad opportunity in the NFL next year. He's actually playing really well. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm just going to take a look. I just want to look up out of curiosity the XFL power rankings going into week three. You know, um, while you do that. Houston's number one. Yeah. It looks like our boys, the Battlehawks, are number four. So they were number five last week, so they're up one spot, which I think it's kind of stupid that they were number five with a win last week. Yeah, there's only eight sense. teams, right? So they put a losing team in front of the Battlehawks. Are they are they giving that guy with the Xbox controller the power to do the rankings? Because someone who... Someone's sleeping on the job right is, there. That's kind of ridiculous. Um, You know... Like I'm not sure how much you saw of the game, but Houston, their quarterback PJ Walker is looking amazing. Yeah, I mean he had I yeah, he had no like a, the, the yeah, I think Sports Center called it the throw of the season already in the XFL, where he like side armed a ball right into a perfect little corner of the end. It was beautiful throw. That that was sweet. Yeah. That was actually pretty sweet. And he's looking like a dual threat. You know, he's like he's running all over the place as well. So PJ Walker, a lot of these quarterbacks actually have me pretty excited. Um, but PJ Walker for sure, Cardell Cardell Jones in uh, Washington. Washington's looking like a powerhouse too. Dude, why is it so fucking difficult to find who they play next week? I know. they. I think this XFL Google search shit has to get better because, like, 
Uh, the, yeah, the the SEO, as yeah, we call the it. Search the search engine optimization. The optimization of search engine. Okay, it looks like we have the New York Guardians next week. They are. They and just got their I ass I think the tops. Battle... Yeah, and the Battle Hawks finally have their first home game. So I would call it a blowout this early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with me. you, too. No, no, bi- no bias to being a sports fan of the Battle Hawks in general. but None here, either. That's my prediction. So... Moving into the Minnesota Twins, last week, uh, pitchers and catchers reported down to St. Myers, Florida for, wait, Fort Myers. There you go. <laughs> that was a, see, that was a bubbiz, but go. I caught myself. Yes. <laughs> very, very close. Very close. Okay. So they reported down to warm Florida. Um, basically, a lot of people just got their dicks hard about watching pitchers and catchers play catch for a couple days. <laughs> My favorite part. But now of the whole team is down there. Yeah, the whole team's down there working out now, and um, I think their first game is coming up pretty soon in a week or two. First spring training game. Um, the biggest news happening is that the Twins haven't played any games yet, but they have won two legal battles against their own players. So, credit to them. They uh they won an arbitration with pitcher starting pitcher Jose Barrios. I would say he's our best starter, and he wanted an extra 400k and just didn't get it. So pour one out for Mr. Jose and his attempt at getting. 400K. I wonder how these arbitrators actually determine, like you know, so like the like the Twins submit a salary proposal, and then Jose would submit a salary proposal and the arbitrators choose i wonder what their actual criteria is for choosing how did they deny like you know a club's ace four hundred thousand dollars more which doesn't seem like that much more i just like i just wonder how they come about that decision you know especially with pineda being hurt like you think i mean i guess this is all like legally so they they can't i don't believe they put performance into these kind of these kind of disputes, but but you think they'd have to, right? Because how how do you agree on it? Like like what what proves that they're worthy of a salary? I guess past performance. Like what else do you do? You can't. It's not like there's and like I a think, rating system where like you know just like MLB the show. Like oh this guy's an eighty nine overall. Give him this. You know you don't know that. So like I feel like they have to use past performance. Yeah, and Brios is. His current his current or his salary his first year was only six hundred k. I, I don't know the current salary is with the Twins, but he's 25 years old. So, um, yeah, I mean that's just that's just off season stuff. And mm-hmm. well, I'm, you want to talk? Let's talk a little bit of like the off season moves um, the Twins made. How about I bring a few up and then I'd like your opinion on it, okay? Because you are the resident Twins expert here at 10,000 Takes. I am the greatest Twins journalist to ever do it. And you're, ex- said you're it, extremely so. humble as well. So. That's what I love. Yeah, there's there's not a more humble person in the world than the boss man, no. Jack Leverance. Not at all. Not at I all. I totally agree with that. So Josh 100%. Donaldson, four year deal, ninety two million dollar contract. He former American League ML or yeah, former American League most valuable player. Um, what like what do you think of this signing? I mean, pretty good, right? Yeah, no, so first first I was kind of taking the why didn't you sign a pitcher side. I mean, you can't you can't not love that trade and I absolutely love it. But then like you kinda have to do some digging and realize that like everyone the twins wanted didn't want to come here. Mm-hmm. And and it, usually in this situation the poll ads would, be, would just be like, Well, you know, we're just not gonna spend the money because no one wants to play here, like fuck it. But they were like, you know what? 
we've been throwing we've been throwing some crazy offers around the league for some ace pitchers. Ever they're getting taken for you know like Bumgarner he went to Arizona because he wanted to be somewhere with his horses something like that. and you know he's a probably like one of the best pitchers in the NL at hitting so he wanted to stay in the NL totally makes sense and other players just got offered more money but see I mean at least they bought someone right and they bought someone really good and they so paid like, a lot of at, money for him too a lot of money yeah and I guess I guess kind of the mindset here is like okay well let's just out hit everyone and hope the pitchers can just kind of play damage control mm-hmm I mean, and once Pineda comes back and, you know, we have Barrios and I know we signed a couple of veteran guys who I'm not, I'm still kind of on the fence about for a couple one-year deals for like million bucks each. You know, that's, those are more of testers, but yeah. I mean, what else were they going to do? If, if I, I definitely switched sides of the fence with that because there's really no one else they could have gotten unless they wanted to start trading away someone like, Rosario, but we didn't even know, you know, at least on our side of the of the spectrum here, whether there was anyone available for that trade. And the, you know, the polls pole they went after, you know, they went just like you said, they went after plenty of pitchers. The pitchers just didn't want to come to Minnesota for whatever reason. And it's hilarious. Yeah, it's and hilarious. You brought up that Bumgarner thing because now I can't even drive by a horse stable, which in the Minnesota area there's actually quite a few. But whenever I'm with Bubba and we drive fucking by one, he's like, "Well, Madison could have put his horses there." I, yeah, I think Bubba, I listened to the Bubba breakdown. I think he totally doesn't know, like, that Bumgardner actually loves hitting and he wants to still hit. Mm-hmm. And in the AFC, you can't hit as a pitter, pitcher. Yes, in the unless, AL, yeah. unless you're a DH, but we're not going to designate hit a pitcher for anyone, you know. So, like, mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest reason. Yeah. He wanted he wanted to still hit. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but Josh Donaldson, so, management stepped up. They signed him. I'm excited. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'm excited too. Yeah, 33 or more home runs in four of the last five seasons. How do you not love that? Especially when you add them to a roster that just um, that hasn't really changed since they set the record for hitting the most amount of home runs in a single yeah. season in MLB history. Um, let's bring up, and we're we're 100% going to break our own record too. Yes, which, we have even you know, even a better team than last year. I want to know. We made a big trade um, very recently, and we know it kind of got you know debacled or whatever. But in the end. Kenta Maeda is going to come here for uh, Gratterall and, you know, another um, another prospect. I totally forgot his name. But what do you think of that deal? Uh, Mieda, 47 wins, 35 losses in his career, and a 3.87 career ERA. Of course, coming from L.A. where he's had lots of playoff experience. What are your thoughts? Yeah, for a, for a super young team who doesn't have a lot of playoff experience, this is exactly what they need. I mean, look at how many guys got called up last year from the uh, – minor leagues like Dominic leading the charge with that you, you, he did great you know the few games he played in the regular season but you throw guys in there during the playoffs and it's a whole different story so having someone with playoff experiences is, is definitely preferred mm-hmm. and it almost kind of reminds me of like the same thing the Pittsburgh's doing you know the Penguins like they're realizing that a lot of their players you know a lot of their stars aren't going to be around forever so they're in more of like a win now mentality yeah. like the twins aren't building for the future, especially with the Donaldson signing. They're not. They're not trying to, you know, get these cheap draft picks and build them up into all stars because they realize people don't do that in Minnesota. When guys get good enough, when prospects that we draft get good enough, they leave. It's the way it works. Mm-hmm. So, I think I think going after some of these more seasoned guys and trading away prospects, I'm just fine with it. Like let's let's win now. Let's double down on this team. You know, 
Cruz isn't going to live forever. Sano's, even though these guys resign, Sano's not going to live forever. I mean, you just the teams change so so fast, and it's like I'm kind of sick of like I'm kind of sick of prospects. Yes, well, and I love too. Like, do you remember when the Twins started their series against the Yankees last year, and they were comparing the Twins' individual players' playoff experience with the Yankees' players' playoff experience? Do you remember that? And the Twins yeah. had, like, nothing but zeros or ones. Completely lopsided. Yeah, and the Yankees had, like, hundreds and hundreds of games of playoff experience. This definitely will help for that because how can you expect an unexperienced team to actually win in a playoff, like, you know, win in the playoffs against a team that's been there time in and time out, year after year after year? Like, it's going to be – that's a tough ask for anyone. Yeah. No, it's I'm, – I'm, I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of, like, maybe getting a little more of a seasoned team who has some playoff experience and – I think the Twins are going to do great things this year. And we're all forgetting that the trade deadline is until, like, July. Like, you know, if if pitching is slacking, we have plenty of weapons on offense that we can trade away. Not mm-hmm. that I want to do that, but, like, you know, there's there's plenty of time to figure it out if this team is so lopsided that we're not going to make it. Uh-huh. So Well, tell me who I'm leaving you know. out here, right? We got Jose Barrios. Um, we got Kenta uh, Maeda now, right? We got Homer Bailey, yep. Rich Hill, Jake Ordizzi, or Ordorizzi, sorry, uh, Michael uh, Pineda. Pineda. Pineda in May. We got uh, Dobnik. Um, so that's six right there. Um, yeah, no, that's a, I think that's a solid squad. I mean – like I said, the the whole Hill and um, the other guy, uh, Hill. Yeah. So yeah. So we brought in Homer Bailey and Rich Homer Hill, Homer so Bailey. Homer Bailey. Deals. If 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 you guys look up his stats, he he's kind of been all over the place. He's been hurt, sent back down to the minors. Um, hey, isn't one of them? Kind of the isn't one of them uh, getting in, like legal trouble at a football game? Yeah, his his girlfriend brought in like. To a Patriots game, like a like an oversized handbag. Yeah, Homer Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, either him or Rich Hills. I don't remember. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I knew that Hill. one of them was in some legal trouble. <laughs> yeah, they got they both got like arrested for disorderly conduct at a Patriots game. Basically, she brought in a bag that was too big, and they were like, "You can't take that in." And he threatened to do something to the security were guard. Were they in New England? Or do you have, it was a or do you have no clue? Because I feel like there's, no, yeah. there's a lot of it was, assholes. It was at Gillette Stadium. No offense to East Coasters. I, they don't care what I have to say anyways. There's a lot of assholes on the East Coast. It's kind of their mentality, right? Like, be blunt, be in your face. That's who we are as East Coasters or whatever, right? East Coasters. And, yeah. like, I, so I feel like it would take a lot to get kicked out of a Patriots football game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I just, like, like he had some to, the like, The biggest trash making, in the world is on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely sitting there making some pretty bad threats if he's getting kicked out. But they probably had a couple beers in them. Uh, we'll forgive him. Yeah, yeah, we'll, forg- we'll forgive him unless we don't because he sucks this yeah, year. But I hope he does We doesn't. reserve the right to forgive him only if he plays good. Correct. Well, should we move on to the Timberwolves? Um, the Timberwolves are sixteen and thirty-seven, and it's sad. So that's yep, it, let's, right? Let's be done. No more. Good, okay. good job. Good bit. Good job. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's a good update. Yep. <laughs> let's uh, let's go college hockey, eh? Um, All right. Let's talk let's about the Minnesota teams, uh, ranked and not ranked, uh, Division One college hockey. We'll start off with Minnesota State. 
um, formerly known as Mankato State, 26-4-2, and they are ranked third in the country. Um, at 10,000 tapes here, we just actually interviewed, not really related to this topic, but we just interviewed a guy from Minnesota State, um, uh, defensive yeah. lineman. Go check that out. Blake uh, Van Valdhuizen, um on the Bubba Breakdown. It was a great interview, so go check that out. Um, but, yeah, it's great to see Minnesota State, number three, and then the University of Minnesota it's good Duluth. to see in the mix. Right behind them, number four, with 17-9-2 record. So two Minnesota teams at number three and number four, that's awesome to see. They're not even, yeah, they're not even the, the premier the team in the, in the state either, so that's great to see. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I had to take a drink. I'm going a million miles per hour here. Okay, um, yeah. third best team in Minnesota, because we're going by records, um, <laughs> is Bemidji. In 18, or we're going by ranking. So Bemidji is 18-8-4. They are ranked 13th in the country right now. Um, a lot of St. Cloud people were badgering on um, Bemidji, saying, you know, who cares about Bemidji? Um, apparently, the team cares, the coaches care more in Bemidji than they do in St. Cloud because Bemidji has apparently a lot better. Apparently, the NCAA cares more. Yeah, there's a lot better recruiting going on in Bemidji because they have an 18-8-4 record, and they're ranked 13th, and St. Cloud is not even fucking rated with an 11-12-5 record. Um, you know, we'll get into the poll, um, poll gate later, I guess we'll call it. Poll gate. Um, but yeah, I mean, but Midgey's playing great. I don't understand the disrespect coming from St. Cloud unless it's just jealousy towards, uh, towards Bemidji. At number 18, we got, uh, the University of Minnesota. They're finally ranked after a really wishy-washy season. 14, 11, and 5. I know Jake, the journalist, will have an erection when talking about them next week. Um, so that'll be fun to, <laughs> fun to calm them down over. Yeah. So so should we yeah so, so should we talk about Polgate yeah so we'll talk Polgate here. Um, we had a system. We wanted so so, so pretty much what happened uh, in the last Minnesota rundown is that Jake started talking about Gopher hockey even though the Gophers weren't ranked. So I made it a point and I pretty much said, well okay Jake you know the Gophers aren't ranked. Minnesota State, UMD, and Bemidji at the time were all ranked. And I was like, why aren't we bringing up some of these better Minnesota, Minnesota schools? And then Jake said, well, we have a lot more U of M fans, but let's just put a poll out to see who teams support. That's it. Jack, do you want to take over from here? Yeah, so I thought, you know, it was a, it was a regular Wednesday afternoon, right, or Tuesday, whatever day it yeah. was. I said, you know what, let's, let's check out this poll. So I created a poll via Twitter. You know, a multi-billion dollar platform that shouldn't have limited functionality, but it does. <laughs> and I put in Minnesota, Minnesota State Mankato, Minnesota Duluth, Bemidji, and then I got to the list to put in St. Cloud, and it said you there was no more poll options. I couldn't mm. add any poll and options, did, let, right? Let's just add here quick. So Twitter only allows four poll options, and we chose the teams that were ranked or had the best records. Like That's how we determined it. Yeah, because this we was knew, totally statistically based yes, because for current We knew that season. we were going to leave out one. We, we had to leave out one team, and they are going to be mad at us. We weren't going to leave out University of Minnesota, and we weren't going to leave out the three or four team. It was between Bemidji and St. Cloud, and we said, well, Bemidji is actually ranked, and they're playing really well. And either way, one of these schools is going to be mad at us, so let's just go with the team um, that has a better record. Like, like we were just using yeah, that as an easy argument, which is a fair basis. Now, if you want to, if you want to disagree with the basis, go ahead. But at least listen to the fucking basis before you go off on the poll. I also did write a disclaimer saying that it was Twitter's fault that there was limited poll numbers and that I left St. Cloud out for that reason. Mm-hmm. And before we totally rip on these people, I do want to point out that. All of you listeners that are a fan of St. Cloud that did not rip on us, that understand their reasoning, this is not directed towards you. 
So you can you can tune this part out. You can stop listening. Go for it. <laughs> but for those fucking morons who came after us on Twitter saying that, oh, you know, like you're gonna put you're gonna put University of Minnesota, a team that hasn't won a championship in a few decades over St. Cloud. First off, pal. Your Twitter picture, you look stupid as hell, so it totally explains your logic because St. Cloud has never even won one. Yes. <laughs> and then the next comment was this guy took so much time out of his day to list out all the different playoff appearances and how St. Cloud State has more than Bemidji. But, like, dude, who cares? Like, who cares? It, let's talk about championships. Your teams both have zero, but Bemidji's better now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you think that playoff playoff appearances – is more of a relevant stat than um, current Dude, season. The poll, the poll wasn't even and it, and, sorry. The poll wasn't even know, meant to like to say which one of these teams is the best team. We just wanted to know, no. like, like like people who what listen to favorite? the podcast, what your favorite was. Like we we even said yeah. we even put like 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 favorite this tweet or whatever for St. Cloud or whatever, and it wasn't enough. They 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 just came after us and they came. Hard, like, like, how the fuck can you have St. Cloud over Bemidji? Then you explain, oh yeah, I mean, we would have first of all, one, we would have included them if there was five options on Twitter. Two, we knew we had to leave a team out, so we just decided to go with the best current team. Not the, you know, like, like that's what we're doing uh, ob- between Bemidji yeah. and St. Cloud. Um, St. Cloud's 11, 12, and five. I mean, they have a losing fucking record. What do you want us to do? Pretend like they're on the verge of a national championship? They're not. And guess what, guys? If we would have put St. Cloud on that poll, we would have had Bemidji fans tearing us apart. So it was really more of a game of which one do we want to be mad at us because we knew it was going to happen. And sorry, we chose the worst team. <laughs> like, just fucking deal with it. Yes, like, like, that, there's, one, there's one page that's that's just a St. Cloud fan page, whatever, made a, made a poll that said, what's your favorite Twitter page, Minnesota Twitter page? And they put the DMV on there, and they said, "Oh, sorry, ten thousand takes. We left you out." It's like, wow, man. <laughs> that's what that's what you spent your Wednesday night doing is going after us for that. I thought it was. Guess what? There's nothing. There's nothing worse in this entire state than the Minnesota DMV. <laughs> I thought stats will also prove that. You know, you know what's funny though? Uh, a- after the dude posts that, like, we got like five or six followers from saying Cloud on Twitter. Like, yeah, he just helped us out on followers. So thank you very much for doing that. That's what I thought was so funny about it. And also the fact that they just took so much offense to such a little thing. Like, first of all, one, Jack, me and you are University of North Dakota grads. We're Sioux fans, okay? We're Sioux so fans. We're, we're not fans of any of these fucking teams. Yeah, we're not fucking... At least in hockey, we're not. <laughs> so, like, like, like we, we don't really care too much about the Minnesota college team just because we're Sioux guys. That being said, we still like hockey and we still want to cover it a little bit. Like, 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 we don't care. So the fact that you get this upset about it, like, if someone left, like, 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 what's your favorite um, Division One college hockey team, and they left UND off of it, I am not spending a minute of my day worrying about someone left the Sioux out because the Sioux are no, number one in the nation cares? right now, and I'm yeah. not insecure. As long as I know it, exactly. So as long as I know it, I don't care what everyone else thinks. Yeah, but like, I just you have to be pretty insecure about your. You know, actually, this actually brings me to a whole other point. I am actually for the first time in my life, Jack. I am sympathizing with yeah. Wisconsin fans. We really? we went out of our like, like we tried our best not to offend anyone. We explained the rationale behind the decision. Um, you even released a public apology, Jack. It was super serious. I know. You really put a lot of well, thought into someone's, it. Well, so, someone's got to take the high ground. You know it wasn't St. Cloud. <laughs> yeah, no, you know have. that for a fact. But, you know, after all of that, they kept coming and coming. Like, like, like. 
I'm sorry for Packer fans that have to deal with annoying Minnesota sports fans who get offended over the littlest shit. Yeah. Because I can see it for yep. the first time in my life. I'm seeing it because I, we're on the other side of it. And, like, if these people are this upset about, like, an on, like, like this was completely, like, about people trying not to piss them off and, like, they still get that pissed off, it's like, imagine if a Packer fan is literally just throwing a jab out there, right? Just saying, oh, never won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Never won a Super Bowl. Just twice. The amount yeah. that person's going to get stalked and hate on them for months and months and months just from one Vikings fan. Like, I just. Do better, Minnesota fans. We're not we don't we're not the victims all the time, okay? Like like we're not always the victims. We can be a little better. We also yeah, I mean, we support all Minnesota sports teams, even if we don't even if they're not our favorite. Like I want St. Cloud to do well. I mean, maybe I used to want St. Cloud to do well just as much as the other teams, but this was just this was stupid. I mean, we deal with a lot of idiots on Twitter, and we've we've had our fair share of battles mm-hmm. with people having hate. But I did not think this much would come out of that. But you know, I took the high ground. And I wrote an apology, and you know, I I didn't blame it on anyone else except when I blamed it on Twitter. So it was a, it was a brilliant you know? apology. It was well thought out. You just really let St. Cloud know that uh, hey man, no hard feelings, and you also stuck it to Twitter. I love that. You you said fuck you to Twitter. Yeah. Yep. No, I, uh, people also don't realize like when you talk shit to us and you write stuff on Twitter and you call us idiots, it's entertaining as hell. Like we're past the point. We're way past the point of getting offended. Like now we're going to see how upset we can make you. So next time you want to come at us, just do it because we're, we love it. It's fun. It made uh what Tuesday or Wednesday, it made it a lot more fun to be honest because it was a slow day up until then. Yep, oh, the po- the, by the way, the poll was already up for like 10 or 11 hours before the controversy even started. Like it was fine for like half. Yeah. Like we posted it like Yeah, I was going to say it was it was like pretty that. it was pretty quiet. And then at like at like like 7 or 8 at night, it just started blowing up with hate and I was like, "Oh shit, sorry for leaving St. Cloud out." So again, from Wags, from Bossman, we are so sorry, St. Cloud. We're so sorry. Yeah. We're we're so sorry, guys. Please, please forgive us, guys. Oh, I just want to be friends. <laughs> oh my god, pussies! <laughs> All right, uh, moving on, kind of into our more miscellaneous stuff. Uh, I became an ordained minister yesterday. What was the reasoning behind? First of all, actually, no, no, sorry. Let me. Number one, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> number two, what was the reasoning behind that? Um. It was kind of a spontaneous. It's kind of something I've wanted to look into doing for a while because I think it's just a, it's a subtle flex. Like now, if you look at my Twitter bio and my Instagram bio, it says ordained minister. <laughs> and uh, and now, by the state. A- according to the state of Minnesota, I can legally marry people and baptize children. That, that's amazing. And I think I can baptize adults too. I got to look up. I got to look up what my real jurisdiction is, mm-hmm. but. Uh, if you if you want someone to marry you legally at your wedding, I do it for free. The only exception is that I get access to the open bar. Yep, I was about to say there has to be and, an open bar clause to this. And if we're gonna do a pre dinner prayer, it better be just following the ceremony before I start drinking because <laughs> I don't want to disrespect God in the slightest. I'm just imagining you drunk as fuck, and someone's like, "Can you please just say a quick, uh, can you bless this union or something like that?" And then you just are just hammered and just you're going slurring off, slurring my words. I'm just fucking cross-eyed by like five thirty in the after, like after at night, you know, whatever. That um, uh, I think well, the real question here, 
is are you gonna pony up that $37 for the official certificate to hang up? I probably will. Yeah, I yeah mean, I've, been, it, I've been spending... No, go ahead. I've been spending money like an idiot lately, but... Well, you got disposable I think that's income, a, so uh, congratulations. True. On being a one percenter. I think, I think I'm going to take a... I'm using the screenshot right now, and I've already been roasted a little bit for posting the screenshot, so... <laughs> I'm going to have to get the certificate and a frame and I'm going to have to hang it up in my room and, you know, it'll probably just sit there and collect dust because, I mean, Rico Rico did say, I don't know if he was serious. I know Rico is possibly getting married soon. And he said, uh, would you want to, it was on my podcast or our show. He said, do you, do you want to marry me and my girl or my current girlfriend someday? And I was like, yeah, man, you know the deal. I need access to the bar. And, um, there is funny because like it'll be like nine o'clock and they'll be playing fire burning on the dance floor, you know, and I'm just gonna be shirt untucked, eyes going sideways, maybe an entire drink spilled on my front, just <laughs> doing like the whitest dance ever. What uh, what are and what I, are the odds? And everyone will be that? like, oh hey, that was the priest, right? And they'll be like, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> that's what you should say, hell yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, hell yeah, bro. <laughs> what are the odds that uh, that Rico's girl actually goes along with this? <laughs> Yeah, Jack can be the oh, Jack can, Jack can uh, be the maybe ordained, the ordained minister. Maybe not, maybe nine percent on the high side. <laughs> I mean, if you went for it, I mean, hundred percent keeper for Rico there. We could do a we could do a ten thousand takes bet on if Rico makes me his uh, his minister yeah. or not. Yep, yeah, we definitely got to get a company wide bet on that. Uh, like I say, I I think the over under is like nine percent chance. You know, I, like I, I think. I think you and fucking Rico are turning the whole team into degenerates. We're we're betting on everything now. We're fucking. Hey, I want you. I want you guys to get into gambling. <laughs> you say that, and then you're not gonna pay my debt when I'm 400k in the hole. So that's just my issue. Hey, the decisions you make on your own, that's on you. But starting to gamble, it's fun. All right, it's it's a bit. It's fun. I'm an ordained minister. It's a bit. You can also do like, like let's say you get really behind uh, to your bookie. You can offer to do his wedding for free. <laughs> True. <laughs> or I can pu- I can pull the Dennis Rodman bit and marry myself. Oh hell yeah, yeah. A lot more people are doing it uh, in this day and age. Just self marriage. Speaking of speaking of that, before we close out here, I did hear a really funny story on the radio this morning about a, a man from New Jersey mm-hmm. who uh, who claims he had been dating a woman named what was it? I don't remember her name. Maybe it was Jenny. Doesn't matter. That part doesn't matter. He said that he had been dating her for two years. They were getting very intimate. They they were also having sexual relations along with their regular relationship. And it turns out that his girlfriend is a ghost. <laughs> so on Valentine's Day, she wanted to apparently try something new and have a three-way with another ghost. The only The only rule was he couldn't kiss the other ghost. That was the only rule that his girlfriend ghost put into place. So imagine being the parents of this 35 year old man from New Jersey. who's claiming he had a ghost three way on Valentine's day. How is, how are, how are fucking psychiatrists <laughs> not looking into this guy ASAP? How are people? I think cons- they probably, I, I, is this a bit? I'd hope they've joined the, I've hope, I'd hope they've joined the chat. No, this is real. Oh I heard on KFAN. God. Like, like I've seen like so, you know Daily Mail headlines or you know not really reputable sources headlines, but or like the Onion, yeah, right, like, yeah, exactly what it seems like. But like 
like <laughs> there needs to be a counselor involved somewhere here. Is that, I mean, maybe like does he have schizophrenia? Like is he talking to someone who doesn't who's not there? Like there's no definitive. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, boss man. But there's no definitive proof of ghosts on set earth no so if, and and i don't know how you have sex with one yeah, because mean, <laughs> from what i've seen on like ghost adventures all that happens is maybe like a figure appears or like you see a blue light shoot across the screen i uh it's like like maybe this guy has perfected the art of um a ghost load you know what the ghost load is is it no, just, I don't. Um, I have a couple uh, guesses, but coming with no, um, with no like contact or anything with your dick, right? Oh, so maybe, okay. That maybe sounds he's just perfected difficult. this method, um, and he's just like like saying a ghost is making me do this. You see, look at how amazing this relationship. Like, I just honestly think like there's some fucked up shit going True, on. True, that's possible. <laughs> I mean, that's that's also highly possible. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think more like a doctor because um, I'll never be one. So he minds well. Yeah. No, this. This story is definitely odd, and um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's hilarious, so that's all I have to say about it, but going back to what I was saying, I don't remember how we got there, but yeah, a guy, a guy claimed he had a ghost three-way on Valentine's Day, case closed. Uh, So that'll make all you singles, singles feel better out there. Yep. All right, Wiggs, you got anything left? Um, I, I we spoke about the Bruce Boudreaux thing earlier. I wrote a blog on it on 10,000takesmn.com. Please be sure to check out my blog on it and all the other amazing blogs that we write, um, including from journalist Jake, who couldn't be here today, but he is an amazing blog writer. We missed you, Jake. Yep. And uh, we'd like to thank you guys for tuning into this episode of the Minnesota Rundown. Also, go ahead and check out some of our other podcasts. We got my show, The Jack Leverance Show, as well as The Bubba Breakdown. You can find those under 10,000 Takes on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple. Follow us on Twitter, 10,000 Takes MN. And then we're also on YouTube and Instagram at 10,000 Takes. And we're on Facebook for, you know, Zuckerberg, that fucking scumbag. So thank you all for tuning in. We hope you have a great week. See ya. Peace.